Morning, church. We're in the second chapter of uh, 1 Corinthians this morning, and we're starting at verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? but we have the mind of Christ. Thanks, Edith, for reading for us uh, the passage that we're looking at this morning. Uh, before we get started, I did forget to, remember, uh, to say before, uh, if you are interested in finding out a little bit more about what Luke and Laura are doing, maybe sign up to receive their newsletter or to support them uh, financially. Uh, we do have some uh, cards. I think they're just at the back there on the sound desk, and so you can pick one up if you'd like, and uh, you can put it on their fri- your fridge, and remember to pray for them um, and find out a little bit more. So that's... Uh, something you can do to um, uh, support Luke and Laura. Now, today we're thinking about the topic of spiritual wisdom, and I think for many people, the idea of spiritual wisdom, uh, it sounds something like uh, it's got something to do with maybe incense or crystals, maybe something to do with meditation or mindfulness. Uh, Perhaps spiritual wisdom is something a bit obscure, something that's a bit hard to get access to. Uh, I did, uh, as you do when you start to think about a topic, I did a Google search uh, on spiritual wisdom, uh, and the very top uh, quote came up from the Times of India newspaper and this is what the Times of India said about spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom can be defined as the understanding and knowledge that comes from a deep connection to one's inner self and the divine. It is the ability to see beyond the material things of the world, sorry, beyond the material world and to understand the interconnectedness of all things. I reckon for a lot of people here in Cairns, uh, if they think anything about spiritual wisdom, It's probably something like that quote. Uh, Guessing that quote is probably coming from a Hindu perspective, being in India. But if people think of spirituality, it's something to do with a connection with the divine, uh, some kind of mystical sense that there's more to life, uh, maybe an ability to get some kind of peace or some kind of blessing uh, from your connection to the divine. 
But what you might notice about this definition of spiritual wisdom is that it involves kind of a special set of skills or abilities. Uh, from the times of India, if you want to be the kind of person, if you're going to access spiritual wisdom, you have to be the right kind of person, don't you? You have to be a person with a kind of uh, a, a spiritual sense. Uh, you might have to do the work of meditation or prayer or ritual so you can access uh, that connection between the divine or the connection between all things. And if that's true, if that kind of understanding of spiritual wisdom is correct... It means that spiritual wisdom is something to be proud of. Spiritual wisdom is, you know, it's a bit like your uni degree or your ATAR score or the job promotion you've got. Uh, It's something, you know, you achieved. It's something you uh, did the work for and uh, that's why you've got it. You can hang it up on the wall to show people how well you've done. You've passed the test. Now, this kind of thinking about spiritual wisdom, this idea that it was something that if you had the right, uh, if you're the right kind of person, if you did the right kind of practices, you could access it. This kind of thinking was causing divisions in the church at Corinth. Uh, this This church, the letter of 1 Corinthians was written to. They were also thinking that spiritual wisdom was an achievement. Uh, I don't know if they were thinking it was something to do with the connectedness of all things, but they did think it was a special insight that you could have if you were insightful enough or gifted enough. If you had a, a deep understanding of philosophy, maybe, if you had impressive gifts like speaking in tongues, well, those are the kind of things that would enable you to access this special spiritual wisdom. But Paul wants the Christians to understand that spiritual wisdom is not an achievement that you can do. Spiritual wisdom is not dependent on a deep intellectual knowledge. It's not dependent on having particular skills. Spiritual wisdom is a gift from God. And it's a gift that anyone can receive. It's a gift that is available anyone. And today I want to actually answer three questions from this passage about spiritual wisdom. You can see them there on your outline. The first question is, what is spiritual wisdom? The second question is, how is it revealed? And the third question is, how do you become spiritually wise? That's uh, where we're heading. Uh, First question, what is spiritual wisdom? The answer to that question is actually more from last week's passage than this week's, but I think it's vital that we do understand it before we go any further. If you look at the first verse of our passage today, uh, verse 6, you can see Paul is clarifying something that he'd written previously. He says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Paul's clarifying here, the however kind of shows that. Uh, He's clarifying what he'd said in the previous section. In the previous section, what we looked at last week, he said, he did not preach with eloquence or human wisdom or with wise and persuasive words. He had not used the kind of wisdom or communication techniques that were popular in his culture. He hadn't gone out and found the best advertising agency that he could and paid them a lot of money so that they would come up with the best advertising campaign that he could that would win awards and raise sales. 
That was not the approach he had. His message did not seem very impressive or very wise from a human perspective. But, this is what he's clarifying, he still wants people to know that that didn't mean he wasn't being wise. It was just that he was offering a different kind of wisdom. And Paul actually spelled that out pretty clearly. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 2, again, that we looked at last week, he tells us what his wisdom is. He says, I resolve to know nothing while I was among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the message of wisdom that Paul brought, the message of the cross, the message that Jesus' death is God's great and powerful act of salvation. That's the message of wisdom. And so spiritual wisdom, to have spiritual wisdom, becoming spiritually wise, is to come and recognize and believe that message. I think sometimes, even for us as Christians, that can feel a bit too simple, can't it? A bit like the Sunday school answer. What, you mean Jesus died on the cross? That that's the message? That's it? Well, yes, it is. Paul goes on to say in verse 7, this wisdom is something that actually God had destined for our glory before time began. It's in verse 9 that the wisdom of the cross, this message that he brings, is something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived but that God has prepared for those who love him. There is nothing more powerful or more glorious or more ancient than the message of the cross. I think if you ever hear uh, people talking, maybe even Christians talking, as if real wisdom takes more than the cross of Jesus, maybe spiritual wisdom is found in doing special exercises or rituals, maybe real wisdom is found by reading the uh, most complicated theology books that are really thick, uh, maybe real wisdom is found by watching the right YouTube channel who's going to you know, uncover what's really going on in our world. Don't listen to that stuff. It's not true. The Apostle Paul makes it crystal clear. His message of wisdom is the message of the cross. He knew nothing but the message of the cross. And if you recognize Jesus' sacrificial death is the power of God, if you trust in his death to save you you, uh, from your sins, That is all the spiritual wisdom you need. So that's what spiritual wisdom is. How do you find this spiritual wisdom? How is spiritual wisdom revealed? Do you have to go on a pilgrimage? Do you have to do uh, some mindfulness exercises? Well, not according to Paul. Firstly, he tells us a few ways that the wisdom is not revealed. He says, it's not going to be revealed by the rulers of this age. You're not going to find God's wisdom in the best-selling book on Kindle. You're not going to find it in the cutting-edge research at a university. Paul says the second half of verse 6, his wisdom is not uh, the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. 
Spiritual wisdom is not revealed by the people who know how to be powerful or wealthy or popular in our world. Spiritual wisdom is not found in some ancient secrets. You don't have to go on a quest and uncover a scroll in some ancient ruins like your Indiana Jones. God's wisdom has been hidden, Paul says, but it's actually been hidden for far longer than uh, just uh, a few thousand years. It's been hidden since before time began. Paul says in verse 7, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. This is actually a slightly strange thing for Paul to say because if you go back to the Old Testament, you'll see that there are some prophecies and there are some symbols that do give hints about the cross. You go back to the Old Testament, you can see the sacrificial system where the the animals had to be sacrificed uh, to take away people's sins. Uh, You can go back and you read about the Passover lamb who uh, shed, uh, his blood was shed to set people free. There were hints of shadows of what Jesus would do on the cross. And Paul talks about that a lot in other places. But he is saying nothing revealed the full truth of the cross. Nothing really prepared anyone for the fact that God's own son was going to become the sacrifice. God's own son was going to become the Passover lamb himself. No one had understood that. And in fact, there's only one way you can really understand the wisdom of the cross. And that is if God reveals it to you by his Holy Spirit. Paul writes in verse 10, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. I think a very widespread view of spirituality in our culture probably comes uh, from uh, that great uh, philosophical movie, uh, Star Wars. Uh, there is, you know, in Star Wars, the, the mystical power in the universe called uh, the Force. And what do you have to do if you want to access to the Force? Well, you have to be a spiritual, special kind of person, a, a Jedi. And not only do you need to be a Jedi, but then you have to go and put in the right kind of work. You have to train yourself to be able to access the Force. Uh, if you're old, you probably think of Luke Skywalker learning to use the Force from Yoda uh, in the first Star Wars movie. If you're young, you probably sadly think of Rey learning to use the Force from Luke Skywalker uh, in a much worse movie. Uh, but the spiritual take, the Star Wars take on spirituality is the same. Uh, All the way through, spiritual wisdom is something you have to work for. It's something that specially gifted people, the Jedis, get to uh, look at. That is not what it is in the Bible. In the Bible, spiritual wisdom is a gift. Spiritual wisdom is revealed by the Spirit of God. And you notice Paul says, he reveals what is freely given. This is not something you have to work for. It's not something you have to find in yourself using the right training and the right techniques. Spiritual wisdom is something that God reveals through the message of the cross and through his spirit. Now that makes sense because uh, spiritual wisdom is actually understanding what God is doing and what God is thinking 
And Paul says, just like nobody knows what's inside your brain, nobody knows what's inside God's brain except God. Look in verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. It's kind of can be a mistake in relationships, can't it, to uh, assume that somebody knows what you're thinking. Uh, it's even more of a mistake when you get offended uh, that the person doesn't magically know what you want or what you're thinking, but you've never taken the time to tell them. God is not like that. God gives us his spirit. God gives us himself, uh, the one who is inside him and knows his thoughts and plans perfectly. God pours out his spirit to us so to come and live with us so that we can know and understand everything about God and his plans. And because only God's Spirit can reveal His wisdom, it means that when it comes to explaining this wisdom, it's not about having eloquence or wise and persuasive words, it's about having spiritual words. Because in verse 13, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Again, idea of spiritual realities and spirit-taught words. Uh, Our minds might go to some kind of special language or some kind of uh, hidden code. But that's not what Paul means. Remember, he's told us, hasn't he? What words did Paul speak when he came to uh, the Corinthians? How did he explain the gospel? He knew nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You don't need the best arguments to explain spiritual wisdom. You don't need to be a star member of the debating team. You don't need to have read a lot of big books on theology and apologetics. Spiritual words are simply explaining the message of the cross. That's not to say people always accept the message of the cross when you use spiritual words, but your success or failure of sharing the gospel is not based on your human skills or understanding. It's based on your faithfulness uh, to sharing the message of the cross. Uh, Paul says in verse 14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Spiritual wisdom can only be revealed by God's Spirit. That doesn't mean that the people who don't have God's Spirit can't understand the words or the, the concepts of the gospel at an intellectual level. Uh, Jesus' death is one of the, most, uh, the, the best known events in human history. Uh, And the idea that Jesus died to take our place and to take our sins away, that's not a kind of complicated idea to understand, is it? You can teach it to little children in Sunday school. Uh, Maybe you can remember coming to understand it and know it uh, when you were only a few years old. 
Uh, if you're in a growth group, uh, you might have read a quote in the study book this week from historian Tom Holland. Uh, Tom Holland is someone who has a very good intellectual understanding of the cross. He's written a whole book on how the message of the cross has impacted the world. Uh, in his book, he writes about the audacity of finding in a twisted and defeated corpse the glory of the creator of the universe. Uh, he writes about how the cross is the molten heart of Christianity. You read these things, you go, man, this guy really understands uh, the concept of the cross, but he's not a Christian. He's actually an atheist. He knows about the cross. Uh, he, he, he thinks it's an amazing historical event. He just doesn't believe that it's God's plan of salvation. He doesn't believe it's something he personally needs to trust in to receive forgiveness and to be welcomed back into God's family. I'm sure you personally know people who are similar to that. Maybe that was even your experience for a time. You knew about, about the message of the cross, but you kind of didn't really care. It didn't really click that this was something you really needed. You didn't see the significance or the reality of it, but then you did. Then God's Spirit worked in you, and you almost can't explain it, but you came to realize that the message of the cross was not just some abstract idea, some historical event, or some boring thing that people droned on about in church. But it was the most important thing for you, and it was the most important thing for the world. That is the work of the Spirit. That is what the Spirit reveals to us. It helps, he helps us to understand the personal significance and the truth of the cross in all its fullness. As Paul writes, the Spirit helps you to make spiritual judgments about things and understand how important they are. The Spirit helps you to have the mind of Christ to see the cross in the way that he sees it. So what does this mean for us? What does it mean to know uh, for how we become spiritually wise and live spiritually wise lives? Well, I think the thing it doesn't mean is we don't just kind of sit back and wait for a kind of zap from God's Spirit. Uh, the work of the Spirit is actually not to bring attention to Himself. It's to bring attention to Christ. You notice when Paul finishes up, he doesn't say we have the mind of the Spirit. No, he says we have the mind of Christ. That's the evidence of the Spirit's work. And the experience of the Spirit uh, is not necessarily uh, a dramatic experience or a mystical experience. The experience of the Spirit is to have a life that is more and more shaped by the message of the cross. To more and more have the mind of Christ. The evidence of the Spirit's work in you is that you are following Jesus. The evidence of the Spirit's work in you is that you are growing in Jesus' grace and in His righteousness, in His self-sacrificial love. Now, Spirit of the, the Spirit's work can be dramatic. I, I know people who uh, have kind of almost been dragged into belief in the cross and their lives have been dramatically changed even though they didn't really want to at the time. They kind of felt they couldn't help it. But for many people, the work of the Spirit is much more subtle. Personally, I can never remember a time when I didn't believe in the cross. And so the Spirit has always been at work, helping me to see and believe the power of the cross 
slowly grow in him through all those ups and downs and uh, you know times of more faithfulness, times of less faithfulness. The thing is, if you believe in Jesus, you can be sure that you have God's Spirit in your life because there is no other way that you could believe. If you believe in Jesus, you can be thankful that he, the Spirit is giving you the mind of Christ, that he is helping you to see the truth about Jesus and to live out that faith. Even if by human standards you aren't very wise or powerful or influential or successful, if through God's Spirit you believe the truth of the cross, you have the most important wisdom in the world. And even if you are pretty wise or pretty influential or pretty successful by human standards, it's nothing to boast in. Because the most important wisdom you have is none of that human standards. It's only the wisdom of the cross. Also, if you're someone who does not believe, well, you need the work of God's Spirit in your life and you can definitely ask God to give you His Spirit and reveal Himself to you, but you don't necessarily just need to sit back and wait for that uh, flash of lightning or that moment of supernatural enlightenment. Some people do experience something like that, but other people They just see the cross and they decide that they're going to put their faith in Jesus and his death. And it doesn't necessarily feel like it's a moment of great spiritual enlightenment. But God actually works through your choice and through your understanding and brings you to faith. And so if you've never put your trust in Jesus' death, I want to encourage you to do that today. Uh, The message is free for everyone to understand. And the invitation is there for anyone who wants to believe to do that. Uh, And if you do, that is evidence of God's Spirit working in your life. So spiritual wisdom, uh, it's not necessarily a deep understanding of the connection of all things. Uh, It's not a sense of mindfulness. It's not something that you can discover yourself. Uh, Spiritual wisdom is the wisdom of the cross. It's wisdom that is revealed to all people, uh, whoever you are and whatever place you come from. It's revealed by the Holy Spirit. And a spiritually wise life is a life that focuses and trusts more and more in Jesus and his death. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you uh, for uh, your work of your spirit in our lives, uh, bringing us to believe in Jesus and the message of the cross. Uh, We we acknowledge that uh, without his work, uh, none of us would have uh, come to faith and we thank you for him. We pray that you'd be at work in the lives of uh, those who who don't believe to bring them uh, to faith as well. And we ask that uh, you would help us uh, to have lives that uh, grow in spiritual wisdom that are shaped more and more uh, by Jesus and his death on the cross. We pray in his name. Amen.